Servant leadership is a style of leadership focused on service to the people and organization that's being led. The goal is to create an environment where team members can work together towards common goals while feeling valued, respected, and most of all, supported. Servant leaders prioritize the needs of their team members and understand that their role is to serve rather than being served. In this podcast, we'll focus on how to build a culture of servant leadership throughout your organization, including specific questions that you can introduce in your meetings that light the pathway for personal, professional, and organizational growth. Welcome to the morebusiness.com podcast. I'm your host, Raj Kara, aka Mr. More Business, and I'm joined today by Dr. Jeff Kaplan. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Raj. Nice to, nice to see you today. I'm really excited about uh, our topic here, servant leadership. It is not something that I'm very intimately familiar with. I know that's something that you've had experience with. What is servant leadership? What's the core of it? Well, um, so we, so this sort of term servant leadership uh, came out of an essay this guy Robert Greenleaf wrote in 1970, which um, really, if you look at like where, particularly in manufacturing and where um, kind of the old school way of uh, leadership, where it's sort of a pyramid top down, you know, you do this, you know, because I said so, and then it kind of works its way down. Um, servant leadership flips that on its head. So the core is that, first of all, you're serving a mission um, greater than yourself, right? And so in, in the context of flipping the triangle, like I'm supporting my direct reports, right? What do you need? Not, this is what I need. <laughs> what do you need? How can I support you, right? So those questions are asked all the time, right? And then they are doing that to their direct reports and then uh, and all the way down to the customers. So it really is a bottom-up way of leading. So I was going to ask you, what's the difference between servant leadership and traditional forms of leadership? And it looks like it's just a flipped model where normally a leader uses their team to support what they have to do. And what you're saying is servant leadership is completely the opposite. The leader is there to support what the team needs to do. And if you keep trickling that down, you eventually get to the customer, which is the most important component of a company. That's correct. Where I see leaders get lost is, you know, an ego making about them, worried about their territory, you know, who moved my cheese. Right. And often the, the way the way out of that is servant leadership. Right. Is wait, why are we here? Right? What's the mission? What are the customers wanting? How can I support you to help make sure that that's happening? Mm-hmm. It, it is a it is a different way of thinking from the traditional way of thinking, but quite frankly, it is gaining. I mean, I told you you wrote this at Greenly for it to say essay in nineteen seventy. It's gaining traction now. Because it's almost even more important now because like it's the solution to being in a very complex global matrix environment and with employees who are demanding connection to the work itself. Like why, you know, they want to know why, why we're here. They want to be connected to a bigger vision kind of thing. It it sounds to me like being a servant leader uh, almost mandates you being more emotionally intelligent. Uh, What are some of the other skills? What are the essential skills? that are uh, required for someone to be an effective servant leader? Well, it's a skill is more of a characteristic, but certainly empathy, right? If I can't understand how you're feeling and certainly how my actions and words impact how you're feeling, I'm gonna have a really hard time uh, 
supporting you, right? Um, you know, humility. I mean, two of my, the tenets of leading with heart, right? Is, you know, humility, people that are so stuck in their head about what's best for me can miss what's best for the organization, its customers and the people, the other employees. I guess also just in terms of skills, right? Like I would recommend like reading, say, Amy Edmondson's The Fearless Organization or other books that talk about psychological safety, right? Creating a psychologically safe environment so that A, you build connection with each other, but also create a space for healthy dialogue, healthy conflict, right? So we're not making it about the people. Again, we're making it about the mission, you know, we're here to kind of serve, you know, others, et cetera. That way. Well, one of the things that a company has to do is it has to meet milestones, achieve goals. Everybody in their work has some sort of object uh, or objective that they're trying to reach. Um, so how do you line that up? Because if the leader is serving the people that are reporting to that leader, um, who's setting the goals, how you set the goals? Well, so first of all, I mean, like any normal sort of uh, type environment, you've got, you know, perhaps the board, but totally then the CEO that's setting the, the overarching strategy, right? And probably the priorities, right? But even then, you know, even before you get to servant leadership, like you're then bringing in the different levels to begin to figure out well, what is that? How do we carry out those priorities? And sure, you're creating metrics, but you're gathering from them, like, here's where we need to get to. Here's how we're going to measure it. What do you need in order for us to get there? Why need resources? Okay, well, we don't have that. Well, okay, well, then this is what I need. How do we get that? <laughs> right? And so it's a, it's a different way. If, you, if you're not used to um, saying, here's a skill, instead of saying no, figure out together how. Well, we need X in order to be able to do Y. Mm-hmm. Well, let's figure out how we can do this. One of the things that every leader has to have is some degree of accountability. And usually managers hold their teams accountable. So how does accountability and uh, collab- collaboration uh, play into servant leadership? So I've been talking about three levels of accountability. And let me share with you what those are, and then I'll talk about the difference in this context, right? And so um, level one accountability is we're holding ourselves accountable in order to, you know, perform, get the work done. Level two, we're holding each other accountable. So if you think of a team, right? Like I'm on that team, level one is I hold myself accountable to deliver, right? Results, what's expected. Level two, my teammates are holding me accountable. Like, hey, Jeff, what, what happened to that, you know, thing you were going to give us last night? Level three is the man- manager, the leader in charge of the team is holding the team accountable. In sort of a non-servant leadership kind of base mentality, it's very top heavy on li- in, in level three, where I'm constantly holding folks accountable. I'm like the, the prison guard you know, telling everybody what to do and like, did you do it? Did you do it? Um, when you create a psychological safe environment and you have this model that you're truly living out of servant leadership, um, people are holding themselves accountable. And then what often doesn't happen is then they're also holding each other accountable. It should be, 
it should be a rare event that the leader, after setting expectations and timelines kind of thing, is the one that's having to hold others accountable. All this sounds almost utopian because it's, you know, you're trusting everybody to do all the stuff that they need to be doing. Everybody's working in unison. Every now and then, though, there's a performance issue where maybe someone doesn't fit with that type of culture uh, or it just isn't pulling their weight or needs some additional kind of guidance. Granted that that's what servant leader would do is provide them with the guidance. But what if that person can't get there? Um, I mean, in a servant leadership type of environment, do you, can you still like let go of people if you have to for performance? I mean, what's, how does that work? Serving the mission of the company and serving the customers and, and quite frankly, employees does not mean letting people underperform. Well, this is a really big distinction, I think. And I think the way you articulated it, just explained it, is when you say servant leadership, you're serving the mission of the organization. You're not serving an individual person inside the organization. True. There you are. You are asking them, what do you need in order to deliver results, right? Um, and you're, and the idea is that you created a culture where they are holding themselves and each other accountable. If that's not happening, you're not giving up level three accountability. It's like, hey, Bob, what's going on? Right. But again, when you have that mentality, first, you actually care about Bob, right? Servant leaders care about the growth and the well-being of the employees and happy customers. Right. Yeah. And so we're starting there. And, you know, and oftentimes there is something, well, maybe at home or something with Bob, right? Versus just immediately coming down. You know, Bob, you don't want a performance improvement plan, you know, because I'm not happy. Right, right. Hey, so what kind of obstacles might um, might limit the effectiveness of a servant leader? What kind of strategies can people use to overcome those obstacles? Well, the biggest obstacle is having a big ego and thinking everything's about you, forgetting that you're serving a role, right? And actually, there's your there's your solution as well, right? I'm not serving myself. I'm in a role, I'm a steward of a particular role, whether CEO or EVP or manager, um, in service to the organization, in service to its customer and its mission. Mm -hmm. And write that out, you know? And so I'll give you a, a personal example. So um, dating myself, 2011, I was uh, president of the local International Coach Federation. And my first month of meeting with the board, I uh, gave him like a 10 minute overview of servant leadership. And I said, so this is how I'm going to be operating, right? As kind of the, pre the president of, of the board. And so fast forward, like midway, there was something that we needed done. And by the way, this was a very high performing board. Everybody, you know, did incredible work. We, we had a lot of great results, but there was, there was a thing that needed to happen. And the person that, whose clear responsibility it is to do that, um, wasn't doing it. And then, so she, you know, made a couple half attempts to get it done and like, yeah, I can't do it, you know? And I wanted to say, we'll figure it out. Like it's your role. Like if it's not your role, like whose role is it? And, um, what came out of my mouth instead is how can I support you? Um, and literally it was like, oh, that's right. I'm operating from a servant leader mentality. They get, I literally, before I opened my mouth, was reminding me of the model which I 
was operating from. And so I did it, you know, uh, you know, it took me not that long. Right. And for whatever reason, I was able to get it done where she had difficulty, but it didn't matter what, what went a long way is that I showed her that I was there for her and I was willing to support her regardless of how I felt about whether she was shirking responsibilities. I think that's really a key point, right? That, that empathy, that awareness, I mean, what you described has a lot of emotional intelligence inside that too. Um, so let's say there's an organization already operating on the traditional model where it's a top-down approach and they want to explore, or uh, I don't know if it's something you explore or you pilot inside certain divisions or something like that, or you just say, Hey, everybody, we're now going to be starting to do it this way. You have to change habits to be able to get people to do that. So what can an organization do to try to move toward a servant-based leadership? It's a, it's a great question because, uh, just to give you quick is, and I'll, I'll give you the solution, but I was working with a CEO who worked in a uh, global manufacturing company and, um, and the old way of doing things was a very top-down approach, right? So the C, the old former CEO was basically telling everybody what to do. So everybody was foot soldiers, including the senior team, right? The executive team. And this guy, knowing that they needed to be more innovative and creative in order to survive the next two decades, um, we're going to need to change the way they think, right? They, they, they were going to, to flip, kind of really be a servant leader type mentality. And that's really what he wanted to foster. He couldn't do it. Um, I mean, these guys, most of these folks had been there for, you know, 20, even 30 years and were not, uh, they were just so used to having things being told to them. And so did a couple of things. One, did a series of retreats throughout the year, talked about psychological safety, talked about innovation and creativity, talked about his style. He would also meet one-on-one. He would drill the message one-on-one. Instead of telling, he would ask, what do you think? I don't know, right? We'll go back and, you know, work together and come up with some solutions. So. You know, at first, they're not going to believe you <laughs> that, you know, you're really wanting to do it this way, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then secondly, they're going to kind of lack the ability to sort of think outside the box. I also suggested to him bring in some training on like futuristic thinking and um, even doing some hiring decisions around bringing in somebody from a completely different industry who uh, was very creative in their thinking and add that person to the team and then make sure that you support that person so that, you know, so it, it takes a while. It probably took this guy at least a year to begin to make real sustainable change and then ultimately find out who was able, you know, quite frankly, to make the cut, right? Some people just, you know, just weren't were really going to be able to ever get on board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so are there other things that a leader should do to adapt? I mean, you, one of the things you mentioned was that one phrase that rather than talking to somebody in a way that tells them what to do, you just flip that and you say, what can I do to support you? Are there other phrases that you would recommend people keep in their back pockets as uh, ways to train themselves to adopt this habit of servant leadership? Yeah, I generally hate why questions, but why are you doing this, right? Having them be able to get their own introspection and look at the genesis of the decisions that they're making, right? And so 
walk me through the process of you getting to this decision. I like that. Walk me through. That's very nice. Slow it down for him. Yeah. Sometimes I, I use other terms like, tell me more about your thought process for this, that kind of thing to, to help them articulate that. That's it's a nice. genuine curiosity rather than judging. Excellent, Jeff. That's a, a great overview on servant leadership. Are there any things that other people might want to know that we haven't covered? I would say it'll seem trite, but you know, organizations that do a lot to like write on the walls, like their mission and, you know, and post up like stories of, you know, their work, like the more you can do to keep that awareness going, uh, in, in your speech, in your physical plan, in your language, right. In your, um, agendas, the, the better. Keep it top of mind. So people know that that's the culture of the organization is that we're serving the team members, employees, super important to the company, which then trickles down to the customers. Right. Excellent. Thank you for joining me today, Jeff. Thanks, Thanks to everybody so for listening.